passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Listen, there are a few perks that come along with hosting a podcast, but one of my favorites ever is getting hooked up with a box of awesome from Bespoke Post every single month. These guys are upgrading my style and my life one box at a time. You know, it's kind of like a present from myself to myself once a month, and now you can experience that as well. Boxofawesome.com is where you want to go. Boxofawesome.com. Like I said yesterday, I cannot wait to try out the decanting kit with my Magic Blue this weekend. Bespoke Post scouts out quality and unique products from around the world, delivering them to you every single month without high retail markups. Each box goes for under 50 bucks, but has more than $70 worth of unique gear waiting inside for you. From barrel aging kits to limited edition cigars, weekender bags to classy top kits, Bespoke Post offers essential goods and guidance for the modern man. To receive 20% off your first subscription box, go to boxofawesome.com, enter the promo code ROME at checkout. Once again, this product is amazing. Go to boxofawesome.com, promo code ROME, and get 20% off your first box. Bespoke Post, theme boxes for guys that do give a damn. Why do people complain so much? You got some loser who life sucks. He probably sitting in his grandmother's basement or living with his parents in his underwear, scratching his balls, and he sees somebody who's having a great life, and they complain. Welcome to the Jim Rome Podcast. This is episode 42, and my guest is the one, the only, Charles Wade Barkley. As a player, Charles was an 11-time All-NBA selection. He was the 1993 league MVP, one of just four players in NBA history to record more than 20,000 points, 10,000 rebounds, and 4,000 assists. Since 2000, he has served as a studio analyst for TNT, winning multiple sports Emmys for his work. He has been named Personality of the Year by Sports Illustrated, the author of four books, and the rare personality who will always shoot straight regardless of the topic and the consequences and today he's cracking a mic with me and since it's been a minute or two since chuck and i have wrapped i know this is going to be a tremendous conversation so everybody pot up f42 with charles barkley starts right after this word from my pals at lumber liquidators Hey, listen, is it me or is 2018 flying right on by? We all want to make sure that we elevate our game to that very next level and make sure that this year is the best year ever. For instance, if you're a contractor or a builder or a remodeler, you want to check this out because elevating your game for the rest of the year got a whole lot easier thanks to my good pals at Lumber Liquidators. They've got a new LL Pro Plus program. Let me tell you how that works. LL Pro Plus is Lumber Liquidators' new pro services team 
that you can call on for all your professional flooring needs. LL Pro Plus will help you kill it this year with professional pricing and dedicated support to get you what you need when you need it so you get your projects finished on time. And LL Pro Plus gives you the ultimate value and quality. And with LL Pro Plus, it doesn't matter how big your job is or how small it is. So you want to put the flooring experts on your team right now. Visit your local Lumber Liquidators store or just go to LumberLiquidators.com. LumberLiquidators.com. Let's continue to crush 2018 and make it the best year ever with Lumber Liquidators. Hey, look, I never thought that I would say this, but I'm actually looking forward to hearing your voicemails this week. Yeah, I said it. I'm pumped to see what's on the tape. Now, why is that? Because last week's batch was the best ever. I had first-time listeners to the pod telling me how much they loved it. You see, when this thing is good, it's great. And when it's bad, it's the worst thing ever. Not the pod, your voicemail. Of course, it's only been great once in 42 weeks, but we are trending in the right direction. Maybe. Let's find out. But before we do, I do want to keep this thing growing. I want to hear new voices. Hit me up. Write this number down or put it in your phone. 949-385-0447. 949-385-0447. Take a shot. Anytime about anything. I mean that. Anytime about anything, there are no rules except keep it tight. Other than that, have at it. Just like these people did. First new message. Romy, Justin in Melbourne. So the wife and I were wrestling last night, and during the match, I pulled the hugest cramp in my left calf. Message deleted. Next message. Yo, Jimmy, it's Lauren in Naples. <clears throat> Wanted to give a quick World Cup smack rundown. So, <clears throat> sorry, my voice is killing me. I, I think I've, whatever, I, I'm taking Germany all the way. I mean, who gives a, a shit about Egypt and Russia? Um, you know, Portugal just relies on Ronaldo because he's just a sweet piece of ass and he's excellent at soccer. Love that shit. And I just want to say to Rick and Buffalo, sounds like Randy Savage having a stroke. Message saved. Next message. Also, Mona, who gets the golden ticket, I can beat that. Look, it sounds like she smokes five packs of Marlboro Reds five times a day and she has teeth my ass. Okay, and you you, you want to say you got shot? Wow, that's amazing. Good good story. I'm out. Message deleted. Next message. Romy, FBI Mike. Hey man, I've been watching the World Cup and I see you know the fans for Iceland. They're doing that same uh, Viking clapping thing that the Minnesota fans have been doing. So could you tell me um who is it that gave who the clap? Message deleted. Next message. Hawk, shut up. Uh, Romy, this is Whit from Medford, Oregon. I've been uh, listening to you for 20 years. Man, I want to thank you for, for a couple decades at least of, of entertainment. Um, I love you. And Hawk, again, shut up. Message saved. Next message. Glenn Paltrow. Kurt Russell. Uh, global Cooling. Message deleted. Next message. Dude, dude, yes, yes. Message deleted. Next message. Hey, Realm. It's Rex. This is how I talk. I'm so creepy that when I walk into a room, Chris Hansen sits down and asks. 
Message deleted. Next message. Jimmy, Johnny Scabs in Detroit here. Hey, I was taking a deuce and, uh... Message deleted. Next message. Message saved. Next message. Jimmy Crack Smack. My name is Joe. I live in Maine. just wanted to say that I found your show back in 2004. I was tuned in for the socks, but forgot to change the channel. It was one of the best mistakes of my life. I heard you on the air, and I wondered, who the hell is this guy? And then I heard you tell the story about the coffee on your pancakes. And it was then that I knew that you were a dude that I could relate to. Thanks for the years, Jim. You're the best. Message saved. You have no more messages. Well, how about that? Justin, bro, everybody knows there are two keys to good wrestling, starting with, as Lisa in Indy famously said, take your socks off. Number two, bro, get hydrated. You should know that. Speaking of H2O, Lauren in Naples. Girlfriend, mix in a glass of it before you um, try and melt my answering machine with your sweet World Cup lava and your run at Rick in Buffalo. However, you might want to keep Mona's name out your mouth, girlfriend. I don't know that you want a piece of that. She's been shot and had cancer. She's tough now. FBI Mike, did I hear you correctly? Who gave who the clap? Iceland or the Vikings? I'm pretty sure the clap got started back with Fred Smoot and the boys in the love boat out on Lake Minnetonka. But you're already undercover, Mike. Why don't you just get to the bottom of that yourself and then get back to me? Wit from Medford. Thanks for the kind words. Good looking out. But take it easy on Hawk. Joe in Maine. Thanks for forgetting to change that radio station and finding the show. Oh, and thanks to whoever called in and played Rock Lobster into the machine for like three straight minutes. Unbelievable track. I feel you. And lastly, Fake Rex. I know Real Rex does not have the best brand in the jungle, but Chris Hansen smack? My man may have turned around a lava cake, but that's not trolling for teens with a six-pack of wine coolers. I can't control my horny level. I've got an amazing proposition for you. How would you like to shop for organic groceries without paying top dollar? You can bypass those overpriced local markets and shop at Thrive Market. It's a revolutionary online marketplace on a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable for everybody. Thrive Market is stocked with thousands of the best-selling non-GMO foods and natural products, always at 25 to 50% below traditional retail prices. They've got everything you need. Whether your diet is paleo, gluten-free, vegan, kosher, plus personal care products, eco-friendly cleaning supplies, safe and non-toxic beauty products, organic baby food, kids products, and so much more. Click on a product and you'll see things like why you'll love it, price comparisons to retail, nutritional information, and more. You can shop knowing you're getting the best ingredients, the most affordable prices, and that it's all safe for your family. Thrive Market's prices are already up to 50% off, and now they're giving you an extra $60 in free groceries plus free shipping. Get 60 bucks of free organic groceries and free shipping and a 30-day trial. Go to thrivemarket.com slash Rome. Again, thrivemarket.com slash Rome. Some guys need absolutely no introduction, and Charles Barkley is one of those guys. From the very minute... 
that I rolled out this podcast, Chuck was the guy that all of you said needed to be on the pod. Hell, Chuck was a guy that I said needed to be on this pod. Charles Barkley is essentially the reason why podcasts exist. Because every time we chop it up on radio or TV, we have an amazing time. But I never have enough time. I always want more of it. Time. You never have enough. Well, now we finally do. My conversation with NBA on TNT analyst Charles Barkley starts right now. Charles, my man, it is so good to have you on this podcast, and especially considering your season is now officially over. Since I'm the first one to ask, I've got to ask, how does it feel? Chuck, you're done. It's the greatest thing, Jim, because I'm on vacation for like the next three and a half months. Nothing but golfing and fishing, that's it. You know, because, you know, it's gr- my job is great, number one, but, you know, we go the first half of the year is real easy because we only work one day a week. And then we go all-star game, March Madness, two straight months of the NBA playoffs, so it's pretty hectic the second half of the year. But, man, now there's nothing for me but golfing and fishing, and I'm loving it. I love it. All right, so what's the first golf course you're going to play, and then where are you going to fish? Well, I'm going to probably go to Delaware because uh, I live in Philadelphia during the summer. Too hot to be in Arizona. As much as I love Arizona, you can't live there during the summer. So I got a couple guys I hang out with. Uh, we're going to go down to Delaware and fish. And the first golf course I'm playing is probably Commonwealth National. All right, Chuck, uh, how, how you hit- one of the great golf courses in the Philadelphia area. We got five of the best golf courses in the country between uh, Marion, Saucon Valley, Pine Valley, Aronimic. Uh We got four or five of the best golf courses in the country. It's a great place to play golf. As always, Chuck, you are living the best life. So you've got three and a half months of golf and fishing. It's going to be great. You certainly earned it. Let me ask you about the NBA Awards show. You took part in that last night. It was here in Southern California. How did that go for you? You know, it's interesting. We think it went well, but people complain because, we, cause Jim, there's no perfect time to have this thing. You know, everybody complains that we hold it a month, out two months after the season ended for most teams, but there's no perfect time to do it. We're trying to do the best we can. I mean, I personally, I personally think this it's a nice thing they're trying to do to kind of end the official end of basketball season reward guys who had great years, coaches who had great years. Uh, but, you know, most of the complaints are about the timing. But there's nothing that we can do about it, plain and simple. Hey, Chuck, bottom line, you know, if they don't complain about that, they'll find something else to complain about because the fact is people just complain. Man, people like to complain. People always complain. Why do people complain so much? Oh, they life suck. You know, uh, that's all it is. You know, one of the reasons I do no social media it's because you got some loser who life sucks. He probably sitting in his grandmother's basement or living with his parents in his underwear, scratching his balls, and he sees somebody who's having a great life, and they complain. I was watching uh, the other day when Camelo signed his contract for, for, for $30 million, and people are, like, hating on him. I'm like, what's he supposed to do, turn down $30 million? He's not the player he once was, but he's not stupid enough to turn down $30 million. And everybody was taking shots at him. And listen, I pretty much, I want $30 million a year too. 
Hey, listen, if somebody put $30 million in front of me and stacked it up to the ceiling, I'm going to take that money too. You know, my thing about Mello, Chuck, is I don't fault him at all for opting in, man. He signed that deal. If somebody if somebody says you're worth that money and that check doesn't bounce, you're worth that money. But what you don't want to do, I think where Mello makes a mistake, Chuck, it's a mistake that you won't make. He does get sucked in. What you don't want to do is get sucked into a debate with that guy in his grandmother's basement scratching his balls whose life sucks, right? I don't understand why Carmelo goes back at these trolls. Uh, you know, listen, I, there, I pro- there probably are some good uses for social media. If you're trying to promote your show or you got a record coming out or you want to get in contact with family and friends, but I don't understand the need that people need to be mean-spirited. So I took it where I never got in. I've been offered millions of dollars to do it, and I said, no way. I'm not going to argue with these fools every day. You know, Jim, you know, I know your job well, and you know, man, you've been cool a long time. People think when you give your opinion, like you don't like somebody. I never go into a show saying I'm going to disparage some player or some team. But if something happens, you have to give your honest opinion. You give your honest opinion every day, and you know half the people are going to like it. And half the people are going to dislike it. That's the way the world works. Hey, Chuck, that's exactly the way the world works. And you and I know this. And you and I have known each other a long, long time. Hey, listen, I, I want to say that what you do on TNT, what you do is not easy. Now, Chuck, you make it look easy, but it's not easy in the sense that you're going to speak your mind regardless. And you're out there. Hell, we're all out there without a net. Now, I know you, Chuck, and it's not personal. You've got a job to do. And I, I know... Look, if you have to take a run at a guy, you're going to do that. But you're just as likely to hype that guy up the very next night. Let me ask you about one moment in the postseason, though. Even knowing you, Chuck, the way I know you, I have to admit, I was taken back for just a moment when you were talking during the Western Conference Finals and said that you wanted to punch Draymond Green in the face. Now, I've heard you say that, Chuck, but normally it's reserved for bonehead media members or fans who got what they had coming to them, but not an NBA champ. So when you go back to that night, what led you to say that? Well, number one, I, I like Draymond. Me and Draymond have always been cool. I think he's a very good player, but he's annoying on the court. All that screaming, uh, he never commits a foul. It drives me nuts at times. I think it takes away from the player that he is. Uh, you know, you go back, and I look at the great Dennis Rodman, and I think this was a great player. But some of the stuff he did took away from his greatness. And I think Draymond's a hell of a player. I just think he's a great kid also. But, man, he is so annoying. Uh, he'd be great to play with. And, you know, Jim, I, I apologize. I said, listen, I meant what I said. I shouldn't have said it, but I meant what I said. But I like Draymond, but I should not have said it. So that's why I apologize. And let's get one thing straight. I had people coming up to me saying, TNT made you apologize. TNT has never. Nah. And, let me, and they better not ever. Ask me to apologize to somebody about something I said. If I feel the need to apologize, I will do it. But, no, TNT did not make me apologize. I was wrong for saying it. I meant it at the time. I meant it at the time. But I shouldn't have said it.
Oh, Chuck, I know you. They, I know for a fact. Without being there, I know for a fact they didn't make you apologize because nobody's going to make you do anything because you owned it. You owned it. And the two of you sat down, and the thing got handled very quickly, and anybody who knows you is not surprised by that. Let me ask you, Chuck, at this point in your career, at this point in your life, I mean, do you harbor any grudges against guys that you played against, or is that all in the past, or maybe is there just some shit that even back in the day you just can't forget? No, uh, everything, uh, everything that happened, and I played. Cause listen, things happen in the heat of the moment uh, that you have to let go. I mean, I've got to fighting with guys, but it was over once the game was over. Listen, I sent Bill Lambert a letter one time when we were playing the piss and said, "Dear Bill, fuck you, Charles Barkley." <laughs> wow. And then we got to fighting like that season. And then Bill comes to work at TNT. Uh, NBA TV, like, 10 years later. And I walk up to him and say, Bill, welcome to the team. I hated Bill when I played against him, but that's when we played. Now I'm a grown man. I walked up to him like a man and shook his hand and said, Bill, welcome to the Turner family. Uh, Then he went back into the WNBA. But, you know, I said that. I meant it at the time. I have no regrets. We hated the Pistons. And uh, But I respected them guys, but I hated them. Hey, Chuck, did you really write, Dear Bill, fuck you, Charles Barkley? And what precipitated a Dear Bill, fuck you letter? Because when we were playing the Pistons, we had some knockdown drags out with them oh, yeah. that year. We had a bunch of shoving. We actually, late in the season, got into that big brawl. Uh, and uh, me and Bill got into a fisticuffs on the court. The whole teams got involved. But... We, Rick Mahorn had came to us, and he hated the Pistons because they had cut him after they won the championship. So we just got into a fight, and every time I saw him from that point on, I, I want to let him know I did not like him at all. So I, sent, I had the ball boy take the note over to him. Charles, I know you also. I keep saying that, but I do know you a little bit. And I know for a fact that 10 years after the fact, I bet you did say, hey, Bill, whatever happened, happened. Welcome to the TNT family. What about him? Was he, was he willing and ready to let bygones be bygones, or was he having a tougher time letting it go at that point? Oh, no, he let it go. Good. He never – it was over. You know, and Bill, uh, Jim, Bill, all that – I never get mad about stuff that happened when I played – Man, I've been retired for 18 years. I hope nobody holds a grudge 18 years later on something we did in 1988 uh, in a game. It's an intense game. It gets physical at times. But, man, that's part of competition. Uh, But I've never held a grudge uh, against a guy about something that happened when I played. That's just childish and immature. Life's too short, man. You got to let that stuff go. You know, Chuck, you mentioned Rick Mahorn. God, he's one of my favorites. What a different cat. What a different, different guy. I want to talk to you about a few topical things I want to ask you about last night also. But, you know, he was such a different guy. As you look back on your career, who were some of your favorite teammates, if you had to name a couple? Guys that, man, you love to go to battle with and you knew no matter what, they had your back and you'd have their back. Well, the most important person in my career is Moses Malone. Hmm. Moses, uh, I call him dad. And one of the bittersweet moments of my life was his family asked me to do a eulogy at his funeral. Probably one of the toughest things I've ever had to do in my life. It was an honor, but it was heartbreaking at the same time. You know, when I got to the NBA, you know, I played about 290 to 300 in college. 
when I first got to the NBA, I wasn't getting to play. And, I, and it's ironic, me and Moses lived in the same building. And I said, Moses, why am I not getting to play? He said, you're fat and you're lazy. I said, what? He says, you're fat and you're lazy. But he says, in fairness, you're only lazy because you're fat. <laughs> and, and I said, what do I need to do? He says, Charles, if you want to be a great player, I'll help you. And this guy, Hall of Fame, greatest, one of the greatest ever, worked out with me twice a day. He says, I need you to lose 10 pounds. I get to 290. I'm starting to feel better. He said, I want you to lose 10 more. I get to 280. Now I'm starting to get to play a little bit. He said, 10 more. I get to 270, 260, 250. I also got to 240, but I had no strength and no energy. He says, 250 is your playing weight. And this guy made me lose 50 pounds. He worked with me every day, twice a day, and the rest is history. So he's number one on my list. You know, Dr. J was great. He taught me about money, about saving my money. Same thing with Maurice Cheeks and Andrew Tony and Bobby Jones. That was my first wave of greatness. And then when I got there, uh, uh, one of my teammates was Johnny Dawkins was a really good teammate, Hersey Hawkins, and Derek Smith. Uh, those were my best teammates in Philly. And then we got Rick Mahorn later. Uh, when I got to Phoenix, Kevin Johnson, uh, Dan Marley, Mark West, and Seth Sabalos were the best teammates ever. And that first year in Phoenix was probably my most fun year of basketball ever because we had a legitimate shot to win the championship, which is all I wanted. Uh, then the next two years, we lost to the Rockets, who won the championship. But that was probably one of the great times, those three years in Phoenix. All I wanted was a chance to win a championship. We lost to the champs. We weren't good enough. I can live with that. Boy, Chuck, it's so fun talking to you about your former teammates and what happened and that first year in Phoenix being such a great year. I mean, what an amazing basketball life you've had. You've done everything but win that championship, which you just owned, and you said, I can live with that. I mean, Chuck, is the ring the thing? I mean, if you could go back and do anything again, anything differently, would you? No, because, Jim, I never thought the ring was the thing. I don't feel like if I get one ring, my life is complete. Listen, I know I was a hell of a player, and it's a team game. You know, it's kind of a backhanded compliment. I mean, nobody says San Sabalos didn't win the championship. They only said about great players uh, in all the different sports. Like this year, I was really happy uh, for Chris Paul. They're like, well, Chris Paul never made it to the conference finals. I'm like, Chris Paul's not the reason his team didn't get to the conference finals or didn't win the championship. I mean, he got them to the conference finals and had them up 3-2 before he hurt his hamstring. The guy's one of the best leaders we've ever had. I was happy for Alexander Ovechkin. You know, everybody, like, he can't win the big one. I'm like, dude, it's a team game. And I love to see guys win. Uh, but, you know, we, we got three great shots when I was with the Suns. We were not good enough. But, I, I see, what bothers me about some of this stuff going on is, I don't understand why people think winning a basketball game completes their, like, I'm a success or I'm a failure. Uh, like, I would never let a sporting event dictate my self-worth. And people say, well, you said that because you didn't win a championship. 
I don't care if I won five championships. If your only claim to fame as your whole who like I'm a success or a failure just because you play basketball, you're just an idiot, plain and simple. In other words, why are the rest of you losing sleep over whether or not I won a championship when I'm not losing any sleep at all over it? Jim, my life is really damn good. <laughs> uh, you know, if I had a won a championship, that would be one less question I have to answer. But I think my life is pretty good. Chuck, your life is really damn good. You know, going back to that awards ceremony last night, there was such a great moment. I mean, you're going around the room and you're thanking the various NBA luminaries for their contributions, showing all sorts of respect. And, of course, you get to your man, Bill Russell, who promptly lobs you the bird. What did you make of that moment? I thought it was one of the coolest things ever happened to me because, you know, Bill's a mentor. He's like a father to me. And he does that to everybody. You know, and it meant a lot to me because if you know Bill, well, I don't even call him Bill, Mr. Russell, he is one of the best people ever. And I was laughing so hard, I almost couldn't keep greeting because I was just naming all the people at his table before I got to, to get a award to, to Mr. Robinson, but I almost fell out, of, almost fell. I was laughing so hard inside because I didn't want to stop and, and interrupt Mr. Robinson getting his Lifetime Achievement Award. But I thought it was pretty funny. No, I thought it was really funny, and I thought it was hilarious. Hey, Chuck, you know, when you saw Bill Russell last year, Mr. Russell, when you saw him kind of get after the other bigs that were acknowledging him, and he said, I could still kick all your asses, did you know that when you got around to him last night, he'd have a little something for you? Well, because, you know, on my list of the greatest players ever, I got Michael one, I got Oscar two, I got Bill, Kareem, and Wilt, I got Kobe and LeBron, and I think when I said that last night, I think it was actually right around the time I said, yeah, it's an honor for me to get this award, who I always said the second greatest basketball player ever, and Kareem and Bill give me shit. I think that's actually when he gave me the finger. <laughs> right, you know, exactly. Because they give me a hard time because I said, Oscar, in my opinion, I said, it's, first of all, it's all anybody's opinion who's the best. And I always say Oscar Robinson, right after Michael, got the three big guys, and you got Kobe and LeBron. And I say, it's all who you like. Uh, But I was honored to give Mr. Oscar that that award last night. It was really cool. You know, I'm glad you brought that up, Chuck, because it would be easy to say, hey, look, it's impossible. In fact, I've said it myself, Chuck, that it's so hard to compare different guys from different eras who play different positions. But I'm glad that you've got a really strong opinion on this. Why is it, for you, why is it Mike and then everybody else? Well, because, number one, he went to the finals six times and won every time. You know, Bird and Magic lost several finals. I don't hold that against them, but you have to count everything. Uh, you know, Kobe, uh, he played with Shaq, who's arguably the most, other than Wilt, the most dominant big man. As great as LeBron is, and I've said this before, I think LeBron James' story is maybe the greatest story in sports. And what I mean by that, Jim, for an 18-year-old kid to come to the NBA, and we can talk about Kobe and Kevin Garnett and all those guys. Those guys wasn't good when they first came to the NBA. 
People forget Kobe wasn't great his first few years. In my 30-some years in the NBA, LeBron James is the only player. Uh, we had his game the first night. He's the only player I've ever seen. I said, oh, that guy can come right out of high school, and he was, like, ready to go. And for him to come out of high school under that pressure never even came close to getting into trouble, never even came close. And this generation of cell phones, social media, and things like that, I think it's one of the greatest stories uh, in sports history. For a guy to be that great from day one out of high school, never even came close to getting in trouble, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing, his life story. Hey, Chuck, it's, Chuck, it's amazing. I mean, it's astonishing. How do, you, how do you explain that? You're right. He has literally almost never, ever misstepped while living his life under the biggest microscope ever. How do you explain that? You know, Jim, I, I really can't give you an answer. Uh, he must be just an unbelievable guy. I met him a ton. He's always a nice guy, always a nice guy. But that still doesn't mean you, you can't screw up. And he hasn't screwed up. I mean, he's got a wife and a bunch of kids. He's lived in Cleveland. Where, you know, he's the Messiah, and rightfully so. Like, they, everybody watches every single thing he does. Then he goes to South Beach, and you know all the stuff that can happen in South Beach. Never even came close to getting in trouble down there. It's just an amazing story. It is amazing. Now, Chuck, let me hit you up with a few topical things, and, and I love this conversation. In, instead of me asking you where you think LeBron is going to go, let me ask you where you'd like to see him go. Where do you think he should go? I think he should stay in Cleveland. I think his – you know, I don't want to see him become a mercenary. What he's done for that city of Cleveland is more than just basketball. They love that guy. You know, Jim, I've been in the NBA for over 30 years. I don't think I've ever been in a stadium where every single person has one guy jersey. <laughs> you know, like when you played the Celtics, uh, there was some McHale jerseys, some Paris jerseys, some Dennis Johnson jersey, things like that, even some Bill Walton jerseys. I was, when, we, when I was in Cleveland for the finals, I was looking around Every single person in that building had a 23 on. It was one of the most amazing things. They love that guy. He's from that city. I mean, I just hope he stays there. But like I say, if he goes somewhere else and wins a more championship, they won't have any historical significance as it did to him winning that one in Cleveland. And if he could win one more in Cleveland, he should just take his jersey off and walk off the court and never touch a basketball again. Hey Chuck, what you say, what you say makes a lot of sense to me, but you know he's kind of a tough cat to read, right? If you had to guess, impossible. Yeah. So, what do you think? If you had to guess, what do you think he's chasing at this point of his career? Is it rings? Is it the ghost of Jordan? Is it something else? If you had to guess, well, it's the ghost of Jordan, in my opinion. Uh, but you know he's impossible. I'm saying I tell people he's a really nice guy, but. He's not going to socialize with you. I, I don't, I, I, you know, one of my good friends is Dan Levitard. And he asked me this question about LeBron one time. When, and obviously he's playing in Miami. He says, have you ever seen LeBron by himself? And I started laughing. 
LeBron, LeBron has a guys, his group, and those are the only guys he confides in or spend time with. They're great guys, but, like, he's not going to socially butterfly with a bunch of guys. That's just the way he's built. No, so we won't know until we know. That's for sure. Chuck, what about Golden State? The Warriors are in the midst of this dynasty. They've ripped three and four years. You know, they may or may not be anywhere near the end of that run. So, in your opinion, is that good or bad for the NBA, Golden State? Well, once Kevin went there, it became bad for the NBA because they became pretty much unbeatable. I mean, they had a good team. They probably wouldn't have won another championship if Kevin didn't win there. You know, they they wouldn't have won again if Kevin didn't go there. And he put them over the top, and they're going to be tough, man. It's going to be tough for anybody to beat them. I mean, because they got so many weapons. Those three guys, they have three guys who can win a game single-handedly every night. And other guys don't play well. You know, they uh, there was a bunch of guys in the playoffs where two out of three played awful, and one guy just won the game. That's tough to beat. You know, I was telling people about uh, one of the reasons I didn't think the Rockets could beat them. James Harden and Chris Paul have to play great. Have to play great. They, you go back and look at the Warriors, Some one or two of those guys had a bad night, and they still won. So that's a nice thing to be able to do, have two guys or three guys that can single-handedly win the game for you. It's a great thing to have, Chuck, but – but if Chris Paul does not go down with that hamstring injury, are we having a different conversation? In fact, if he doesn't get hurt, do the Rockets beat Golden State this year? You know, uh, that's a very good hypothetical question. Uh, they wasn't going to win Game 6 at Oakland. In, in Game 7, I still think one of those three guys going to have a good enough game uh, to beat them. Uh, but, you know, I would have loved to see him. Chris not get hurt because I'm a big Chris Paul fan. Like I said, I think he's the best leader that we got in the NBA. And I would have loved, loved to see him play those last two games. And that was really unfair because, you know, he got that blame never making it to the conference finals. And then he gets them to the conference finals and have them up 3-2 on the champs and then gets hurt. It was really unfortunate. Hey, Chuck, let me ask you this. Would you say that LeBron knew that he was not going to get a ring in Cleveland the first time around. Therefore, he did the right thing by going to Miami to get those two. And if you'd make that argument, would you make the same argument that Kevin Durant knew he was not going to get one in Oklahoma City, so he did the right thing by going to Golden State to get his? Uh, I, don't, I, I, I didn't like either one of them moving. I don't think you should ever stack the deck. One of the things I admire about Michael Jordan uh, he got his brains beat in by the Celtics in the beginning and then by the Pistons. He just kept battling. Uh, same thing with Dirk Nowitzki. He got his brain beat in, and they, they, they got upset in the first round in playoffs one year when they had the best record of, in the NBA when he won MVP, but he kept battling. I, I don't like when guys try to stack the deck. Hey, we all want to win the championship. Listen, if I played in today's era, uh, I would believe, like, no, I'm not going to go play with these guys. I want to beat these guys. And Kevin's worse was worse than LeBron because they were up 3-1 to one on the Warriors, uh, him and Russ. 
And so his was worse than LeBron. I didn't like when LeBron did it because they stacked the deck. Uh, and I didn't like it when Kevin did it. I don't hold it against him, but I, I didn't like it. Hmm. Chuck, before I let you go, I really want to ask you about this. And I so appreciate your time today, Chuck. With politics, Anytime, my brother. You too, Chuck. With politics taking over, Chuck, nearly every aspect of our lives day to day now, I mean, the conversation is just so different than it used to be. Do you think politics have a place in sports, and do you want athletes to speak up on social issues? Is it their responsibility? Well, not everybody, Jim. Everybody's not smart enough or equipped enough to talk about certain subjects. You have to be smart. You have to be thoughtful. You know, it's interesting. I was talking to the University of Alabama uh, football team uh, last year, Coach Saban asked me to talk to the team. So I'm telling these 18-year-old kids, I says, you guys' life is so much harder than mine. I says, you got somebody on social media in Auburn, Gainesville, Starkville, they following you on Twitter just to say something to piss you off. And it doesn't matter what they say to you, if you respond to them, it's going to be all over the world. I never had to worry about that. You got that. Now they're asking 18-year-old kids, what do you think about Charlottesville, Virginia? Because it had just happened when I spoke to the team. I said, then I says, now they're asking you all about the National Anthem protest. An 18-year-old is probably not equipped to talk about Charlottesville or why we guys are kneeling for the anthem. So it's a different animal, man. You got to really be smart enough. You can't be drunk. You can't be tired. You can't have a bad game and answer some of these fools on social media. So I think I want athletes to speak out on issues, but you have to be thoughtful about it. You just can't be mad and say whatever you want. And then another problem with it, Jim, what do you want to talk about? Uh, like, because everybody got something they have an issue with. Do we want, like, I'm pro-choice. Uh, I don't want a guy on the Internet, a, a, a great player, talking about he's against abortion. He's a, I'm for gay marriage myself. I don't want a guy coming out saying, I don't think gay people should get married. So, it's a very slippery slope. Uh, I want guys to be thoughtful, intelligent, but it's a very slippery slope to what guys want to comment on. Like, Charles, for instance, what was your response to the president saying that NFL players who don't stand for the national anthem should leave the country and then his decision to uninvite the Super Bowl champion Eagles to the White House? Well, I'm not a big fan of the president. And number one, I'm glad nobody told Dr. Martin Luther King, Rosa Parks, those heroes, not to peacefully protest. That's the greatest thing about our country. You can peacefully protest. I will say this to the players. Let's let that go. Let's work on solutions. It's becoming an annoyance. We've lost what... We were really talking about police brutality. We don't even talk about that anymore. We talk about who's kneeling. I wish the guys, they took $90 million from these owners. So I wish they would, we appreciate the $90 million, 
Let's put that money back into our community and stop talking about kneeling all the time. Uh, so that's why I feel. But listen, the president, he going to do what he do to, to, to for his base. He's emboldened his base to be racist. Uh, we got more incidents now than we've had in a long time. Uh, but that's his base. Uh, he's the president, and, and they feel emboldened. Yeah, Chuck, it's a very interesting time, to say the least. You hosted Saturday Night Live earlier this year. That is the fourth time you've done that. Now, you and I have done TV shows together in the past. I know you do your prep work for all your gigs, but on shows where you're a guest, a guest for instance, I know you can just show up and go. I mean, you're good to go. Red light's on. You're ready to roll. What about SNL? What's it like to host that SNL program? SNL is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Right. You, you know, Jim, the way SNL goes... You go in on Monday and meet with the writers, and they throw ideas at you. That takes about three hours. Like, each, each writer throws two or three ideas at you. Would you do this? Would you do this? Do this? And I always tell them, yes, no problem. So that's Monday. So they have to have it written by Tuesday. They have to have it written by Tuesday. So then you do kind of like a read back and forth, and then we pick out ten things or more. And then that takes about five hours. That's Tuesday. And then Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you rehearse like eight to ten hours a day. Wow. That's Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And then Saturday, you have to show up like 11 o'clock in the morning. You rehearse to 6 o'clock. You get a little break. And then you do a live show for an audience from like 8 to 10 to 10.30. And then there's like an hour meeting afterwards, and you cut the show down and do the live show on television. It's the longest week of your life. It's awesome to do, but it's, 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 it's a lot of work, man. Chuck, it sounds hard as hell. It sounds hard as hell, and it sounds stressful as hell. Why is that worth it? Well, it's good for your brand. It's good for your brand. Uh but the main thing, it's an iconic show. Uh, you know, I got a chance to do Modern Family last year. It was awesome. It's one of the greatest shows ever. I can tell my grandkids, when we watch it, Modern Family reruns, your dad was on one of the greatest shows ever. That kind of stuff is on my bucket list. Uh, it was pretty cool. Hey Chuck, given how hard you worked through the NBA season, given that you went through the NBA awards show last night, given that you got on a plane and you flew back, given that you chose to do a podcast like this for more than a half hour at the end of your season when your vacation has started, I love you, my brother. I can't say how much hey, that means to Jim, me, Chuck. You know I love you, man. We always going to be cool. If you ever need me, man, just reach out. I'll do your show anytime. Let me hit you up with a spelling bee. Your word is Zipa. Spell it. Zipa. It's spelled Z-Y-P-P-A-H. There's your help. Zipa is happy Z spelled backwards. So if you go to bed with a Zipa, you wake up with happy Zs. Did you know that one bad night of sleep can ruin your entire day? Are you planning a summer vacation? You do not want to ruin that vacation with snoring all night long. You see, vacations are supposed to be a time of rest and recovery. How do you expect to get any rest, though, if somebody is snoring all night long? You or somebody else. Because if you're snoring, you are not sleeping. That's why you need to get a Zipa before you take that vacation. 
Again, how can you or anybody else enjoy that summer vacation if you're yawning the entire time? If you or somebody you know snores, hit Zipa.com. Zipa is guaranteed to stop snoring. You've got nothing to lose. If you're not happy for any reason at all, return it and get a full refund. Snoring is rude, it's disrespectful, and it's offensive because there is a cure. You do not want to ruin another summer vacay with snoring. So get your Zipa today by going to Zipa.com and ensure that you have an amazing summer. Finally, we got Chuck on the pod, and I love that conversation. I hope you did as well. Now, before I get up out of here, I want to tell you podcast-only listeners that we did announce our Jungle Smack update. It's Friday, July 20th. We are now less than a month out, and for the first time in the history of the event, it is going to be on television. So make sure you check that out. Friday, July 20th. Clear your calendar. Do what you have to do because it's going down on CBS Sports Radio, Sirius XM Channel 206, and for the first time ever, CBS Sports Network, Channel 221 on DirecTV, Channel 158 on Dish, and on Cable 2. Check your local listings on CBSSportsNetwork.com. Thanks once again for checking out the pod. No episode next week because of the 4th, but I will be back on the 9th with 10-year MLB vet Jim Abbott. So make sure you look for that. Until then, see you next time. I'm out. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.